All right, thank you, ladies. Wonderful song again, and appreciate your faithfulness this morning, everyone. And let's turn our Bibles to First Samuel chapter thirty. It's good to see you. Hope you had a good morning tea. Um, wonder if the, do the kids get morning tea? Kids get morning tea. Oh, I see some head shaking. See some that nodding. I think we need to do more because I saw a little one run into my office, grab two poppers and come bolting out. So I'm pretty sure it was one of my boys, so that's all right. I'll correct him later, but maybe we need a few more drinks out there for the kids, but uh, maybe not juice. The parents are going, not juice before church, no. All right, First Samuel chapter 30, we read that earlier and uh, appreciate the Word of God, how it teaches us many things. And as we observe in the next couple of weeks, Lord willing, we're just going to observe a few lessons that David learned in regard to prayer. And really, that's our theme this, this, uh, this month. And it's one of those topics, I think, if we, we think about prayer, we can sometimes um, immediately switch off like we, we know what prayer is. And I think we, we all do. We understand that prayer is, is asking God. It's Prayer is communing with God, and we also hopefully understand that it's one of the greatest skills that we can learn as Christians. It's one of the greatest disciplines that we can have, and yet, if you're honest this morning, it's also one of the areas that we most struggle with at times. It can become neglected in our own lives. It can become neglected in the life of the church, and yet, it's, it's, it's one of the most powerful Things we could do, it's one of the most powerful weapons that God has given us, is this matter of prayer. The Bible tells us in James chapter 5, verse 16, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I hope that we believe that this morning. Amen. hope that you think about uh, maybe this month already, just thinking about some of the things you've prayed and asked God about, and how He's allowed that to be in your life, and if you look at all of the, the uh, history, some of the great things that happened because of prayer, if you're a student of history and, and revival history, you know the Welsh revivals were born out of uh, a bunch of young people just praying together out of sincerity, seeking God, and there was a born out of that, these great revivals in New York City. The New York City revivals was born out of two businessmen who just decided they were just going to get serious about prayer, and every lunchtime they would meet together and pray and this great revival happened in New York City. And, and pe- tons of people were saved and lives were changed and still to this day great impact because of those and it was born out of prayer. We think of the great and famous uh, preacher Charles Spurgeon who was known as we, we may know him as the Prince of Preachers when visitors came to his church they would often ask what was the secret to the great power and the great work that God was doing there and Spurgeon would take them to these visitors to the powerhouse of the church. And what the powerhouse of the church was, was just a group of people who were praying in the basement even while Spurgeon preached and even whilst the services went. And Spurgeon himself would say that he would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. And we understand, hopefully, the great power of prayer. Andrew Murray said, the great author, he said, we must begin to believe that God in the mystery of prayer, has entrusted us with the force that can move the heavenly world and bring its power down to earth. 
And so often as we observe the, 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 the state of Christendom today and we look around perhaps at uh, all of the problems of the world and maybe the problems of life, we can probably trace it back to perhaps a lack of prayer in our own lives and a lack of prayer for our churches and a lack of prayer for our nations. So often that discipline is the one that we can easily and anecdotally, and yet it's also the most neglected. And I think if we understand both biblically and anecdotally that prayer is powerful, then the question needs to be asked, then why do we not pray like we should? Why do we find it difficult to pray? And I think it's because we still have to struggle with this flesh of ours. And uh, you understand that once we're saved, we, uh, God gives us victory over that. And yet we still have to abide by and uh, are in a, this abode of this temporal uh, body of ours. And we've got to fight it in order to do spiritual things. And uh, if you've ever really been serious about your prayer life, you know the thing that you fight the most isn't actually your schedule, it's yourself. You're fighting yourself to pray. And it's the most spiritual thing we can do, and yet it's the thing that the flesh most resists against the Spirit. It's the thing that it's most taken away by the busy, filled lifestyle that we live. And prayer is too powerful, though, to be left alone for us, and it's too, it's too powerful to be left alone by our enemies. It's the point of attack. And yet you understand that, that for God sometimes to teach us to pray, and if we go through a school of prayer, you know the thing that God will bring us through? God will sometimes bring us through trouble to teach us to pray. And that's most exemplified, I think, in the Bible, in the life of David. David, who was a man after God's own heart. David, who was greatly used of God in, in many ways. We read his stories and we marvel. We, we look at all of what's transpired in David's life. And yet, when you look at David's life, it was full of distress. It was full of times in the cave. It was full of times running. That was David's life. And yet through that, that was David's school of prayer. God brought him through that. And I think we understand that even, even the lost world at times, when it comes down, when it comes to it, and, and they go through trouble, even they cry out to God, don't they? I think about a story I heard about an atheist who was walking through the woods and you know, he was admiring all of the beautiful works of evolution, and he was looking at all of the trees and all of that, and just marveling at how all these came to be out of a big bang and all of that. And suddenly, out of nowhere, as he was walking through the woods, a bear came running after him. So he starts running and starts bolting, and eventually the bear catches up to him, and right in that moment, you know what he did? He called out to God. He said, God, help me, and suddenly time stopped. God from heaven voices out to him and said, you've ignored me all your life and now you call out right now? And, and he says, well, you know, since you called out to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grant you one prayer. Well, the man thought, the atheist thought, well, I don't even believe in him. How can I ask anything from him? Um, well, I guess I'll ask one thing. God, can you make the bear a Christian? He thought, well, that's the only way I'm going to survive if the bear is a Christian. And so, so the time suddenly goes again. The bear goes to grab him and puts his hands together and said, Lord, for this meal, I pray you bless it. <laughs> and even the world in their time of need will call out to God. Even in their time where there's trouble and distress, even the world calls out to God. And, and, and 
those times are the times where actually those are the schools of prayer that God brings us through. And maybe you're going through a bit of time where you're in a little bit of trouble right now. Maybe you're feeling troubled at some, some condition in your life. Maybe troubled at some, some circumstances that are out of your control. And we really read about this in the life of David. And here, really, he's come through some things now. He's been on the run from Saul to the point that he's actually run to the opposition. He's been dwelling with the Philistines for a little while, pretending to have gone mad. And then he's, he's, he's just been with them, trying to say that, I'm going to fight on your side. They, they call him out, and they dismiss David. And he goes to return to the place where he had left his, his wives, his family, and and the other men that were with him, they had left them here in this city called Ziklag on the southern border there. And what happens was it was in the time of battle and another enemy, the Amalekites, come out of nowhere and they've now taken captive. And you, no doubt that would be a distressing time if we could say the least. And we understand that life sometimes hits us that way. You know, we think we're, we're finally on our way. We're finally going to get through some things and suddenly more distress comes. Suddenly some things that uh, come out of nowhere come and, and trouble us again. And isn't that the lot of man? Isn't that our lot that we're, we're born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward? A couple of weeks ago, the young adults had a bonfire out in the back paddock there and we were sitting around the fire and, and you know, the guys were trying to outdo each other. I think two guys started building a fire and they were trying to say, hey, my fire is bigger than your fire. You know how guys get, right? And, and, and we were sitting around and suddenly all these sparks were flying upwards. It's just, it's just, that just happens. That's how it goes. And that's life. That's life. That's what the Bible's saying, that, that as the sparks fly upwards, there's trouble. We're born to it. And, and there's those, those things that come and, and really it's how we respond to those times, don't we? And yet in those times, God will bring us through and he's going to teach us some things, hopefully, in regard to prayer. Hopefully, if we're, we're listening and hopefully, if we're just attentive to what God's teaching during those times, he's teaching us some things about prayer. And I, I know in my own life, I, I've recount times where I've been under distress. I've been distressed by certain situations that there have been times that have been most valuable in God's teaching about prayer, and, and, and prayer is one of those things that I think sometimes it's best learned when we're desperate. It's best learned when we're going through things that we can't control, and, and distress is extreme anxiety, worry, or pain. And yet what we read about David here, David in verse 6 was greatly distressed. And wouldn't you agree you'd be greatly distressed too? You'd be greatly distressed if you came home and suddenly you saw the doors were wide open and there was some, uh, some damages in your living room as you walked in and you saw uh, what seemed to be evidences of an attack and then you go into the bedrooms and everyone's gone. They've been taken captive. Can you imagine that? And that's what happened with David here. He and his men, they were greatly distressed. They were fearing for, for the life of their, their, uh, their families that were, they had thought were safe there and suddenly they were gone and Maybe that's not your situation. I'd hasten to say that it probably isn't your situation today. But different things can distress us. You know, a phone call can distress us. Uh, some, some bit of news can distress us. Some sickness or some suffering maybe at the, 
wrongly at the hands of others, or some uncertainties of the future, maybe the spiritual condition of loved ones or unforeseen disasters or, or pending needs, they can all distress us, can't they? And no doubt we can see David in his distress, perhaps as we read there, fearing for his own life, the people did talk of stoning him. They, they thought, well, to blame, we need to blame someone. Let's blame the leader, David. He's the one that brought us out here. It was his idea to leave our, our, our women folk and the children here. And boy, let's, let's just get on David. And David was there in, in the middle of it all. And the Bible tells us he was greatly distressed. And I wonder if we've ever felt distressed. I wonder if we've, we've had some time where we've felt such distress that, that, that we just couldn't find even the words to describe it, even the, the, uh, any understanding of how we're going to deal with this. And I would hasten to guess that, again, that many of us have, at times at least, become distressed over some things. But I think in this story, we can see how this godly man, David, he deals with distress and, and what he learned about prayer. And some lessons that in his response that we can, we can observe perhaps in our own life as we go through distress. Maybe you're not. Maybe, maybe right now you're going through some plain sailing and everything's good. But I'm going to tell you that life happens. And man is born unto trouble and there will be times where we're going to go through distress. And so we're going to learn a little bit about David in his school of prayer. What he learned in, in this time of distress and what we learn about prayer. And so, look at verse 6 again with me as we get into the message this morning. Notice what he says here. David was greatly distressed. Why? For the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. And so in their grief, in their distress, they were looking at uh, someone to, to, to pin the blame on. And they looked at David. They were grieved, why? For a right reason, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But notice David's response here in contrast to them. He said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And, and I think here David has a little bit of a time where he's just, it's, it's just him and God. He, he knows that the people aren't for him. He knows that this is a, a real distressing situation for them and for himself. He had no other recourse, and so he encourages himself. He start to, starts to begin to really seek God. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And while others around him look for someone to blame, what we see is David looked to God. David looked to God. And, and, and he says here, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so what we find firstly is the thing that David learned in his times of distress and now he's applying it in this time of distress is that that prayer is looking to God and that prayer is a rehearsal of who God is. And if you look at the times where David had a bit of a, a time where he's just praying on his own, the, the Bible records for us several times he does that. He, what he does is he begins to remind himself about who God is. So sometimes we forget who God is when we're in distress. Sometimes that can become so overwhelming we forget about who God is. You know, often in our times of distress, we look for 
someone else to blame or something else that can that that would would lead to that that explains that situation perhaps and we're just looking at that and we forget to look to God you know someone would say this if the only tool you have is a hammer you tend to see every problem as a nail and you start to look that way and you start to think well that's the only thing and that's and and Yet in that time, what David learned was prayer is looking to God and rehearsing who God is. He's the, my, the Lord, my God. The hardest thing to do in times of distress is to fix our eyes on God and remember who He is. Remember who God is. And yet in the life of David, he's, he's seen this wasn't his first distress. He had other smaller distresses previously and these became the, became the talking points where larger distresses came. You remember when he went to see his brethren and his brothers in the battle? He brought the breads and the cheeses. I like to think he brought pizza. He was a pizza delivery boy that afternoon. And he goes and he delivers that and, and just to be a blessing to his brothers. And remember, he looks and the giant Goliath is there. And everyone else around that valley was watching and sort of delaying the action that they needed to take. And he says, is there not a cause? David gets brought to Saul, King Saul, who heard about David for his bravery. And remember, David, uh, Saul looks at David and he says, you're but a youth. And right there, David recounts that as a shepherd boy, he dealt with the lions and the bears and everything else. He, he dealt with those smaller distresses. And you're thinking, well, those aren't quite small. Well, considering that in comparison to some other things that David went through later on, those were pretty small things. And David was able to recount the times that, that God, his God, was able to then rescue him through that, to help him through those times as a shepherd, as a little boy who looked after the sheep. He was able to recount those small distresses and they became talking points about his God, what his God has done was what his God has done before. And, and it's a good habit for us in our times of distress is to just remember who God is and rehearse back to God who he is. To start to recount, to start to call back to memory the, the things that, that, that God has shown himself faithful to be. And, and David faced several moments of distress in his life. And what happened was his trusting in God always was fed and it shone out during this time. Turn with me to Psalm 42. Here's one of those, those uh, psalms that was a prayer. Psalm 42. And here the psalmist is talking to himself really. He, he says, As a heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Notice what he says, my tears have been many, been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? He, he's saying others around him are saying that. Then notice verse 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with a multitude, I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy there. There were others that were with him, he recalls that. Then notice what he says in verse 5, why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul. You know who else he's talking to? Just himself. He's saying, my soul. He's referring to himself. And he's reminding him, and why art thou disquieted in me? Notice what he's telling himself. Hope thou in God. 
Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, of the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. You know, he's reminding himself about God. You know, one of, one of the great skills that you can have in your prayer life is, is how to talk to yourself. But how to talk to yourself about God. You know what we tend to do? We like to talk to ourselves about our problem. Don't we? You'll, you'll recount every detail. You'll recount the thing that that person said. You'll recount that thing that you're stewing over. And before long, you're not praying, you're complaining. And, and before long, rather than seeking after the one that actually has the answers and you're recalling who God is, you're actually just rehearsing just your issues again. And what happens is sometimes what we need to do is just recall those times of small distresses that become our talking points ourselves about our God during our, our bigger distresses in life. And what prayer time, prayer is, is a time to focus in on God and His character. And, you know, David's encouraging himself. Notice what he said there. He encouraged himself. No one else was going to encourage him. Hey, everyone else was, was speaking about the issue. Everyone else just seemed to focus on that. And David, yet David, in contrast, encouraged himself. And one of the greatest skills you can learn in prayer is how you talk to yourself. How to talk to yourself in those times. How you talk yourself through who God is. How you talk yourself through and remind yourself and rehearse to yourself who God is and what He's already done. His character, His nature. Prayer is a time to focus in on God and His character. And, and David encouraging himself in the Lord was a means to focus in on who God is. And, you know, circumstances don't always change. And circumstances may not change, but God can change a circumstance. And God can do difficulties. And the, uh, another author said this, we have to pray with our eyes on God, not on difficulties. And I think he, he demonstrated it again. Look at Psalm chapter 3. And this time he goes through another distress later in his life. This is a psalm where he's fleeing from his son Absalom. Absalom who probably in the archetype of David was, was a good looking bloke. He was the type perhaps that the nation looked at and said, that guy reminds me of David. And Absalom had that potential and yet failed. He tried to take the nation. He tried to take the kingdom from underneath David. And here David writes a psalm. And notice what he speaks about in this other time of distress. He says, Lord, how they increase that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. Then he refocuses, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter on mine head, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept, I awaked for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth. Of the ungodly salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. You know, he wrote that in a time of distress. But you know what he's focused on? It was on the Lord. He was rehearsing who God is as a shield. 
He's one that can protect. He's the lifter of mine. He's an encourager. He cried out and he heard. And what a great, what a great truth to remind ourselves at times. Notice David's attitude in this psalm. He was rehearsing all that God is. And listen, sometimes we get so carried away in our, in our, in our prayers that we forget to just give God a bit of praise, a bit of rehearsing of who he is. And it's just a good reminder for us anyway. You know, sometimes we lose, we lose confidence in, in what, what's happening and how we're going to deal with things. And, and yet, it, the, the reality is within us, we have no. We have no recourse. We don't have the strength and the power and the might to do anything. And yet, in, in His strength and in a reminder of who, who He is. And so, what David learned firstly in this time of distress is to look to God. Prayer is looking to God. And prayer is a rehearsal of who God is. But notice then how he says it. Look at, go back to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Notice it's his God. Not just the Lord God. It was the Lord his God. And what the, the next thing that we learn as we think about his response here. What prayer is, prayer is an acknowledgement also of whose you are. You know, when we pray, how do we start? How do we start? Our Father. Dear Heavenly Father. You know, the, immediately what that ought to bring to mind is, is whose we belong to. Who do we belong to as, as God's children? We belong to our Heavenly Father. And you know what, in, this, in David's prayer here and his encouragement of himself in the Lord his God there's an air of of closeness in this statement it was a it was a, it's a statement of how close it was his God I think about in Song of Solomon his son writes this he says my beloved is mine and I am his and it's true today uh, dear friends it's true today that as we we go about in our day and even in our distress that doesn't take us away from the Lord our God. He is our God. We belong to Him. And it's a reminder in, in prayer that, uh, that we're praying to the Lord our God. And David could take comfort in God because, why? Because he had a real intimate relationship with God. David didn't, didn't only see God as the God of his fathers. David didn't just see God as, as the God of the, the people. David didn't just see God as, as, a, as someone in a general sense that he knew. David knew God. He was his God. And too many times when we pray, we can become a little too generic in our prayer, like we're just praying to some being that we don't know. Listen, if you're saved, you can know God. And you do know God. And you can access God. There's no, no longer any, any other mediator that's needed. Jesus became our mediator. We can come to God directly. And he's our God. Think about what the Bible says about David again in Acts 13. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. You know what it means to be, to, to be someone after another's heart? He was, David was a man after God's own heart. God's heart was his heart. What, what was in God's heart was in David's heart. And what it was, you can only have that if you have closeness with someone. You know, you can't know someone's heart if you're not close to them. 
You can't know their thoughts and their most intimate feelings if you're not close to them. You can assume. You can make some, some generalities. But, but for, for you to be someone's and you, you to be someone after another's heart, you've got to be close to that person. And what David was saying here in his statement, he encouraged himself in the Lord, his God, was that he wasn't just saying, I have a God. He's saying, I am his, and he is mine, and I belong to him. And it was a recognition again that, that of whose he was. And, you know, distresses can cause us to need a sense of security. And... and you, you ever look for something when you, when you need it? You, you ever go around and, you know, maybe for some reason the lights go out and you're looking for that one torch in your home? And you just can't seem to find it, but when the lights are on, you can just, it's just right there, right? And sometimes we're, we're that way with God. Sometimes when we most need Him, we're, we're searching for Him because we're unfamiliar perhaps with where, where He is and how to access Him. You know, the best time to get intimate with God, the best time to get close with God is in the plain sailing. But that's when we so often forget God, don't we? We, we walk around like we don't need Him because life is so, so simple and so great. But listen, those are the times where you better get, get skilled to going to God. And, and, and so many times, the stresses cause us to need a sense of security. And, and those are great times to get to know God, but even better to know God just to know Him. You know, even better to find our comfort in God in times of smooth sailing so you know how to find Him in times of distress. And, and it's like that, that the lighting that we ought to have in God that we read about in Psalm chapter 1. And the, the Bible tells us there that we're, if we delight in the Lord, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There's that grounding and that security that, that is found in our delighting in our, our, our closeness to the Lord, our God. And there's so many opportunities to do that each day. And so often we miss it. And then in our time of distresses, we've got to remind ourselves again whose we are. See, the, the picture given in Psalm 1 is of a mighty tree. It's planted by the rivers. The tree has mighty roots that help it stay firm in times of distress. And, and David, what I'm saying, had a real walk with God. He had a real walk with God. He knew God. God was his. He was firmly planted in his delighting in God. And, you know, so many Christians... Go into a time of distress and find that actually God's merely trying to get them to fix their relationship with Him. Don't wait. I'm saying don't wait until you encounter distress to fix your fellowship with God. Just fix it now. Hey, listen, if there's a sin in your life that's grieving the Holy Spirit of God, if there's something that you know you ought to take care of, take care of it. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what kind of distresses that, that's around the bend that, that you could encounter that where you most need it, where you most need a close walk with God. Then you're just sort of struggling around, trying to feel your way through. And listen, God's so present, though, in time of trouble. And I'm thankful that David here could truly say during his distress that God was a very present help. I wonder if you could say that. I wonder if I could say that in, um, in my time. You know, in Psalm 91, verse 2, he says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. 
And is he present with you? Do you keep closeness with your Savior? And I'm thankful, though, that we have a Heavenly Father who's constantly caring and, and waiting for us to draw nigh to him so that he can comfort us in our times of distress. But I wonder even now if you've got a closeness with God. I wonder if you recognize whose you are this morning. If you, if you know that, that God is your Heavenly Father, then, then you ought to make all effort to be close to Him. You know, if we draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to us. You know, it's not, the, it's not as if we just have to send up distress signals whenever we're in distress. We understand God knows where we're at. But also, God wants us, though, to draw to Him. And I'm thankful that we have a Heavenly Father who's in that way faithful and caring and waiting for us to draw to Him, but, but we have a responsibility in that. And David, in, his, in this time of distress, he exercised this. He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. He had a closeness to God. He had a, he had a real relationship with the Lord, his God. And so I wonder if that's you this morning. And then lastly, as we think about what he said, he later goes on, and David said in verse 7 to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me... Th- Hither the ephod, and Abiathar thither uh, brought thither the, the ephod to David. This was a thing that they used to get uh, get close to God. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, "Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them?" And he answered him, "Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all." And and a wonderful response there. But here's what David did. You know. In times of distress, sometimes all we want to do is, is alleviate that distress, don't we? And I, I think this is what David was asking. But, but here's the point I'm making. You know, what, what David demonstrated here, what he learned about prayer and what he was exercising in this time of distress, is that prayer is an inquiry, not a demand. You know, here's sometimes how we treat God. We treat God like he's a genie. And that he must grant us our three wishes. And he better, he better or else we'll chuck a fit. <laughs> and, and sometimes we treat God like we demand something from God. And, and we, we've all been guilty of that. I know I've been guilty of that. There's times where I've been so distressed, I just say, God, if you don't take this away, in the heat of the moment. But you know, that's, prayer is not a demand. Prayer is an inquiry. And, and what, what David did, David in all of his distress, remember he was greatly distressed, David inquired at the Lord. Now, although David was in distress, it didn't flow into a panic-stricken demand for a solution or a need to blame. He didn't point at God like, God, why did you put me through this? It wasn't a demand. His understanding of what God had already done His understanding of him belonging to God informed the right heart of worship and dependence. It was dependence. See, in time of distress, David sought the Lord. David went to God in prayer. David inquired of the Lord. You know, I think times of distress can be a dangerous time. It can be a time that leads to bad decisions. It can be a time that can lead to some bitterness in our lives. It can be a time where we start to, to skew our perspective about certain things. And we better take great care not to be that way in regard to prayer where we just demand God deliver us. 
hey, listen, God can deliver us, right? He can. But what David did, he didn't demand deliverance. David asked for direction that leads to deliverance. There's a big difference. There's a big difference saying, God, take this away. Oh, God, help me navigate through this. Help me get, get through this, Lord. Help me get through this, this time of, of distress in my life. Help me to see how I'm supposed to step, how I'm supposed to behave myself wisely, how I'm, I'm supposed to be circumspect in what I do. And David inquired of the Lord. And David asked for direction. He inquired and then he asked questions, shall I? Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And, and you know, uh, these maybe to you are obvious things, but David didn't jump to conclusions. He, he didn't jump to think, well, this is what God wants. He asked God to show him the way. You know, again, too many times we presume the mind of God on some things. We just think, well, logic says this and reasoning says this. Listen, what does God say? What does God want us? And, and again, that, you'll only know that if you're close. You only know that if you have a right heart attitude in your time of distress. And again, those are the times where we're learning, so often learning about ourselves and learning how, where our deficiencies are in front of God. And David, David inquired. He asked God for direction that leads to deliverance. And another author said this. He says, there's no other activity in life so important as that of prayer. Every other activity depends upon prayer for its best efficiency. And, you know, so many times when we should just pause to pray, we should just pause to ask God what to do. What we're, we're doing is just, just demanding of God that He gets us out of the, the trouble we're in. We so demand certain things. You know, there's a, there's a difference. You ever ask one of your kids ask for help, and what they're really doing is saying, you do it. <laughs> they're demanding when really, for us as God's children, what we're doing is, God, you know, you're my father, and, and Lord, I don't know what's happening. But God, can you just help me through this? God, can you help me understand what, what I am, I'm supposed to do next? And, and the, the work of prayer, remember, is not only to see an answer, but it's to align us. It's meant to line us up to God's will, and what will follow is the following of that it's the the following after and his will always will end ultimately to his glory and perhaps even our deliverance you know we we often quote the verse in jeremiah 33 3 call unto me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not but notice there he says call unto me and i will answer thee give you a, a, an instruction he's going to give you an answer He's, he's going to give you a, a, an instruction, perhaps. And so many times we just demand, God, deliver me. And, and prayer is an inquiry. David then promptly obeys, not because it made sense, but because it was God's answer. We see later on, he says in verse 9, so David went. And, you know, the details weren't relayed to David, but he knew to pursue. He knew what, that God had an answer. And, and here's what I'm saying. Sometimes... We've already made up our mind and we're just demanding and we make prayer like just a token thing. But what David did, he actioned what God answered. And how many of us, we, we action only what God answers? You know, sometimes we have a preconceived plan, but it's our plan. It's our way. It's our wisdom. 
It's our understanding. And, and sometimes when God gives a contrary answer, that's, that's where the real Christianity and real faith, will we go? Will we obey? And, and prayer isn't simply part of the process we go through in distress. I'm saying it's our way forward. It's your way forward. It's not just a process thing. No, it's, it's the way forward. Prayer shouldn't just be merely a sense of duty. It's actually our means of deliverance through God's leading in difficult circumstances. And I know, I know that for me, many times when I go through difficult circumstances where I just don't have a clear answer, I just need to go into a season of prayer. And sometimes God's answer surprises me. Sometimes He'll just say, don't do anything. Sometimes He'll say, yep, go ahead and do that. But, but, but all of it, I just know when I've approached it that way, there has been a way forward. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been times where it's been most difficult where I've needed to pray. And in distress, in distress, there's much to learn. And so what do we learn that David learned in this particular module in God's school of prayer, distress? What we learn is prayer is looking to God and a rehearsal of who He is. You know what that is? It's perspective. Get your perspective right. He learned, secondly, that prayer is an acknowledgement of whose we are. You know what that is? It's a recognition of your protection, who you belong to. And then lastly, prayer is an inquiry, not a demand. You know what that is? It's our prevailing. And listen, if we're going to move forward, then prayer needs to become an inquiry. It's a, it's, a, it's a conversation between you and God. It's not a demand from you. And if we're going to truly see God continue to work, then we're going to need to get serious about prayer. You know, sometimes we take for granted the action we're supposed to take when the needful thing is actually in our distress, in our time of need, to just bow the knee and call upon our God again and encourage, himself, encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. And, and I'm saying don't underestimate prayer in your distress. It's our way past the distress. Why? Because we have a God who will hear and is able. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you again. And Lord, it's, it's really, it's needless to say we're, we're needy. We're broken at times. We're, we're too easily distressed with the troubles of life. Lord, one phone call, one conversation, and Lord, can, can throw us into a spiral of, of distress. Lord, times where we just look at what, what the situation is and find no way through and we're distressed. And Father, we're fragile that way. Lord, we're, we're really, we're just weak that way, dear Lord. And, and yet, Lord, it's in that time that you choose to strengthen us. It's in those times where you choose to lend your hand upon us and Lord, if we would, just call to you and remind ourselves of who you are and remind ourselves that you are our God and remind ourselves that, that Lord, you have an answer if we would just ask. That, Lord, it's those times where you, you get us through and you, it's those times where we learn more about, Lord, what our real need is. 
And so I pray that you'd please help us this morning as we consider the, the example of David in his school of prayer. Head bowed, eye closed, no one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed.